Hello and welcome to episode 11 of Middle Age Geeks, the podcast where we aim to discuss movies, TV shows, video games, tech, anime, comics and anything else that takes our fancy in any given week. My name is Phil and I'm joined by my co-host Daz. Daz, how are you? I'm very good, man. Very good indeed. Looking forward to this episode of uh, chatting about the best and worst of the year. So happy days. Yeah, me too. It's it's been it's been a good year. I think we said in a couple of episodes that uh, it was a little bit on video game wise. It was a little bit slow to kick in, but then ended up being incredible. You know, I played some amazing games this mm. year, um, and watching great TV and movies too. So I'm looking forward to getting into those getting into those lists. Um, have, what have you been uh, before we get into all that stuff? What have you been kind of playing and watching this this last week? Well, uh, this week. I finally, after your text or after your recommendation last week, um, but Alan Wake, I finally got stuck into it and fully expected to just be playing or to be talking about playing the first five minutes. Absolutely, it starts so ominous and eerie. Um, but yeah, I've got I've got a good f- four hours into four or five hours into it. Got through a few uh, nice jump scares. With that first one in the morgue, just fuck me, yeah, amazing. Um, but yeah, it's brilliant. I, I can, I can see. Um, even though we didn't talk too much about it last week, I can see exactly what you meant when you just said it's fucking brilliant. It's uh it's so eerie. Um, I love the pacing of it, where it takes its time, where you just can wander around doing a bit of detective work, waiting for the next batch of crazy moment to happen. But yeah, the controls, visuals are stunning. The sound design is fucking stunning. Um, whether I complete it all, that remains to be seen. I've already kind of, um, no real spoilers, but I've, I've gotten to another kind of dimension or whatever you want to call it. And that was that was a tough one to get through um, where someone is chasing you through the woods. And yeah, that scared the living fucking bejesus out of me. But um, yeah. That's pretty much what I've uh, all I've been playing. I didn't really get to watch anything this week. Did manage to get to episode two of uh, Scott Pilgrim. Couldn't find twenty two minutes to, <laughs> to, um, to, uh, to to get to see another one of those. But um, yeah, that's that's that pretty much took up all my time this week, and it's fucking marvelous. I'm I'm, I'm sure we'll be talking about it during this episode a bit more. No doubt. How about yourself? What have you been up to? Um, so I just so I decided to uh, to play another game that I had paid for yet never played, uh, which was Baldur's Gate Three. So it's gas. Like I I started playing it and was immediately kind of transported back to being when I was a lot younger. Sorry, the reason it may be transported back there not because I played a game like this when I was younger, but when my parents were around my age, I had like. Uh, NES and stuff and was mad about playing Mario my parents loved it I'd come in want to come in from school and play this game like primary school and my parents would be sitting there playing the goddamn game in my room like get out of my room get away from my game to the point where like I ended up taking the cables from my Nintendo into school one day and got an absolute bollocking when I got home I was like well I had to take them away so I knew I could actually come home and play the fucking thing like I'm a child let me have my game and like (laughs) but the thing is that around that age around my age they were actually decent at video games and i know video games were yeah. a lot simpler back then like but i remember another another time i was we were able to get fr- my dad was able to get one free game for some reason there was some competition through his work 
and he was able to get one free game and it was for the Mega Drive at the time. And I asked him for Streets of Rage 2, I think it was, because I had Streets of Rage 1. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I really want to play Streets of Rage 2. Can we please get can I please get this one? And no, no, my dad picked out fucking PGA Tour Golf 2 or something like that. PGA Tour Golf 1 <laughs> or 2. And I was sick. Like as a child, you know, as in fucking like primary school, God, you must be fucking kidding me. PGA Tour. This is the game we're getting for free for my goddamn Sega, you know. Um, but I just mean at, at, at my age, they were interested and were decent at games. Now, when I started playing Baldur's Gate 3, I was like, shit, am I getting to that age where, because it was around this time, they stopped playing. I started getting Super Nintendo, all that kind of stuff, and they just had no interest. If I was to show my parents a video game now, they would have fucking no idea what's going on at all, you know? Yeah. And that's what I felt like when I turned on Baldur's Gate 3. I was like, Jesus, <laughs> am I am I getting to the age where I have fucking no idea what's going on in video games? Because I am, I fly through <laughs> video games, but I'm just... I was so gone taken aback by going, Jesus, I fucking know. Because it, it's essentially Dungeons & Dragons, a game I have never played. Yeah. And Me neither. When you're rolling rolling dice for fucking conversations, and, you know, it, there's so much involved. As I'm playing it on PS5, so, you know, you have to bring it up menus and stuff, which it does. I don't think it's great at really explaining stuff at the start. But, man, I, uh, look, I only played it now for a very short time, but was completely lost and had just this existential panic of, oh, Jesus, am I getting too old to play video games? Because I have fucking no idea what's going on here. Um, this is what all the cool but, kids are doing. Fuck. Yeah, but to be to be fair, I am I am determined to become amazing at that game because I have to make sure that that's not, what, mm. that's not what's happening here. Um, so I will. I, I'll, um, as I said, my DIY has to take a bit of a hiatus this weekend. Mm. So what I might do is do, shut myself up. Do you reckon, it, uh, do you reckon it's... Um it's much better on pc is it um kind of text maybe, maybe heavy it is, is I, it I think input I, heavy where I, it's better with a keyboard or something i, I don't think i think no because i think you've got all the time in the world like because it's turn-based mm. you know what i mean i i for okay. some reason when we were talking about it i think even last week i was convinced that this was essentially just like same as diablo kind of uh gameplay yeah that's i think what you I even thinking. asked me was a turn-based and i was like no no it's not yeah um i guess my my memories of Baldur's Gate one and two were obviously very, very wrong. Um, I was drinking a lot quite back <laughs> a lot back then, so I'll blame it on that. Um, but yeah, I don't. Uh, I yeah, I don't. I I'll, I'm. I will. I will. There's no way. Like I, I've obviously I paid for it. It's been sitting there in my game game library mm. for a while. So there's no way I'm not going to uh, get stuck into it and and finish it. But it was just yeah, really had that moment of fucking hell it's just an overwhelming amount of stuff i think to kind of take on board because i think yeah. they're they're trying to be i mean obviously it's not just dungeons and dragons but they're using mm. like the, the fifth edition rules or whatever the most up-to-date rules for it and um, to give people that experience so i'm sure if you are a dungeons and dragons player this is a wet dream for you you know um or mm. if you're someone like me who who's maybe uh, turn-based stuff would have been more on the RPG as in Final Fantasy style or um, Three Houses and stuff, you know, for, um, what's it called? What's the name of those games? I think Three Houses. Ugh. The Nintendo games, you know, the Japanese RPG games. Fire Emblem. Persona. Jesus, my friend's called. Fire Emblem, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I think more Fire Emblem and those kind of turn-based things. That's really where my... Mm. What I was kind of thinking, I was I might be going into, but uh, evidently not. Yeah. So yeah. So I'm not sure if it'll be your cup of tea. I know you're not a 
a massive fan of of turn-based stuff but um yeah just on that game it's so strange for a game to be you know um game of the year and have so many plaudits and ridiculously um outstanding review scores across the board to just for me to just completely not even attempt to play and knowing that I would bounce off it straight away but to see something that is you know lauded so so highly and just have no interest whatsoever because everything you were talking about there just yeah every single bit was just like no 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 talking about <laughs> fifth edition rules and stuff like, what the fuck what the fuck is that dice in in a fucking video game rolling dice just so strange because like i like you said i thought it was something like diablo where i thought it was even that you couldn't play it single player that you had to you know hook up with three other people and play multiplayer or something like that but and and if it was something like that or if you could play it single player with turn base um with turn based combat because it's game of the year i would definitely give it a go but yeah everything you've listed there just doesn't excite me one fucking bit i'm not playing online with people now i am just playing myself mm. and then you know you start off with another dude with you and then you meet another with a girl on the way and stuff. And I assume that as you go on, you, you know, you'll, some people can just choose to join your party or you can select which yeah. ones will be in your party. And generally, I assume you probably have four people or five people or something mm. um, as you go along. But yeah, I, I, I'll have to give it, I will give it some time. I don't like to, I definitely don't like admitting defeat this early into uh, into a game. So I will, <laughs> um, I will a hundred percent go back to it, but yeah, my, my starting off and Bible thing was Jesus Christ, I'm out of my debt. Right, well, look, with that early bit, bits and pieces about what we've been playing out of the way, we'll get on into our main section, which is going to be we're not going to do a retro section because this will be quite long. We're kind of going to do our top fives, um, top five movies, TV shows, and video games. And then at the end, we'll kind of touch on some of our big disappointments. From 2023 so just to be clear though when, when me and daz are talking about we're talking about our favorites we're not saying that these are the best ones that have come out because you know you're, you're like killers of the flower moon might be a better way a much better movie if you know what i mean written directed scripted than some of the ones i have on my list um hmm. but it's just what were our favorites what ones really resonated for us and drew us in and um, this year what ones stuck with us and you know maybe Maybe some of these will resonate with you too, and you might think, "Yeah, fuck, fuck, yeah, that's that right up my alley." Um, or maybe you might disagree completely. But we, we hope that over the Christmas period, we'll get a few emails off you, um, telling us whether you agree or disagree, or we're talking shy, yeah. or that we've left off some <laughs> absolutely monumentally amazing thing from twenty twenty three off our list. Um, so the format, I guess, as if we're starting off with movies, is we'll just yeah, we'll just count down five. Uh, Mm. just do each five we'll just go and alternate so um do you want to go first and tell me what your number five was for movies in 2023 yeah Yeah, for sure number five was mission impossible dead reckoning part one um an easy one uh for me it was it's just where it was going to be on this list um like we all know tom cruise is a bona fide fucking maniac (laughs) both in front of and, and seemingly behind the camera but i fucking love him I love uh, his love for film. I love his his love for um, cinema and spectacle and 
for what he demands the MI movies to be. And especially, you know, that that he really wants them to be seen in cinemas, you know, not in streaming. That's like a something I, I feel very passionate about. I love the way himself and Chris Nolan, you know, that some of the most powerful people in Hollywood are really pushing that. Let's go and see things in movies and not have it on fucking Netflix two days later or something like that. But um, but yeah, this movie just elevates the franchise to new heights again. Um, it was already flying pretty high um and i think tom cruise and christopher christopher macquarie's partnership is uh is a thing to behold like it's it's such a potent mix um these like yeah it's these these it's very easy to say these movies are all about the stunts and they are in in one way shape or form but it's the performances it's the the cast the ensemble um, it's it just all comes together to deliver a very cohesive, entertaining, and engrossing movie. Although the script, and I, I think we were chatting about this at one point, the script um, confused me a little bit. I was kind of <laughs> taken off guard with that because I know it's about AI and it's so prevalent in the world today, but it still felt very far fetched to me. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, which reason. is wild, isn't it? Is wild when you're thinking yeah, about a Mission like, Impossible movie and you're thinking. Now that's that's a bit far fetched. The like computer's that, you know, alive you know, and it's good. You know yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, like no, like like you know, I I adore this movie and my I'll we'll get to it because I actually have this on my list. Um, yeah, but like I yeah, I'm with you. I absolutely I like Tom Cruise is a nutcase. He's a Scientologist. They're all nutcases. Mm. Um, but you know this guy is just whether you think he's the best actor in the world, he is the biggest movie star possibly ever mm-hmm. movie star just he, he's cinema you know what i mean he's always the movies Absolutely. that he's in are always just fucking big huge events you know like look at last year mm. with fucking top gun maverick unbelievable um yeah and i loved uh, their reckoning I, I love the cast i love the returning cast i love i never really see ving rames in anything else apart from mission yeah. impossible movies you know they could have Which easily written out but it's like no he nails that role as Luther. So you just, you, you keep him in, like he's part of that. Um, mm. And like, I, I, I love the earlier movies and I'm, I'm one of say Sean Harris is one of Sean Harris's biggest fans. I think he's incredible, but never thought he's that amazing. He, Such a presence. I, yeah. But I just don't think that he, I don't think he's big enough to be a main villain. Um, yeah. And so as much as I loved him, I was kind of glad that they kind of moved on and done something a little bit different um yeah it's great to have vanessa kirby as well she's fucking vicious she's excellent she's Um, just yeah she's fantastic yeah it's it's quality and you know a lot of tom cruise running which he always does yeah you can't beat it you know yeah he just does some of the some of the stunts like and seeing like that the because we've obviously know we all saw the build-up to that movie the motorbike Mm. um stunt seeing him actually do it and do it over and over again to make sure he gets it right while the whole crew waiting in bated breath on the end of walkie talkies to find out okay did he make it like is is he alive because he's literally done that stunt the whole fucking mess of times but uh yeah that's that's a great one for a number five all right does yeah but like especially the um like you're saying that that stunt that they released um and the behind the scenes of the motor motorcycle um stunt i must have watched that behind the scenes clip you know, six, seven, eight times when it was first released a few months before the movie. But still, when the movie plays, that stunt still fucking hits hard. It's still like, holy shit, this is a, 
this is fantastic. And as you say, this is, for me, that was cinema. You know, Scorsese can talk all he wants about movies being, his movies being cinema and, you know, blockbusters and comic book movies not being cinema. But, you know, this, this is the reason you go to a uh, cinema and start, sorry, Scorsese, but your movies are 10 hours fucking long and everyone's watching them on Netflix with their tea on a small TV. That's <laughs> um, Rant over. But yeah, that's my number five. What was your number five? Um, my number five is a horror movie. Um, a horror Ooh. movie, which I, yeah, I, I, I actually got to a little bit late. I didn't get to see five it. Five Nights cinema. at Freddy's. <laughs> no, fuck that. Imagine. Um, so I hadn't seen it. I'd seen the trailers and didn't see it in the movies. And then a friend from work had asked me, had I seen it? And I was, that was a reminder. I was like, shit, I, I remember wanting to see it and not going to see it. And that. Anyway, eventually I ended up watching it on streaming. And was just only kicking myself. I didn't see it in the cinema. So it's a movie called Talk to Me. Um, mm. It's an Australian horror movie. And it's, yeah, it's done so fucking well. It's so simple. So um, such a base, it's a basic premise. It's done really, really well. Basically, these kids have, these school kids, they have this, it's like um, an arm, like a, like a porcelain hand, like a upper, like a forearm and an arm. And yeah. it's got graffiti and stuff all over it. And they bring it into these parties. And the idea is that the kids shake their hand, put the hand, hold hands with this thing, and they end up seeing like a dead person in front of them. And they can invite that dead person into them to speak through them. Um, oh, wow. But there's the whole thing, because there's, there's obviously rules around it, like there is with all these movies. How long you can hold it on for, you know, what you need to say, mm. what you need to do, and blow up this candle and do these bits and pieces. And obviously shit goes awry. I'm not going to spoil it. That's the basic premise that you'll get from the trailer alone um but they just yeah. it from they've done so so much with so little um the the actors are all young actors who i couple, recognize a couple of them most of them i don't know um and um all everybody everybody's fucking really really on it and that actress whose name escapes me i think she plays eowyn in um is samantha something isn't it she oh, plays yeah, eowyn yeah. in lord of the rings um yeah, no she plays the mom of one of the kids um she's great in it as well it's just yeah i don't want to spoil anything by going into too much but i'm always i've yeah, just, yeah. Just, australian horrors and stuff will come out i think i think babadook was another australian one as well um hmm. just when they're good they're really fucking good um so this that that one for me was probably the best horror movie i think i saw new horror movie i saw in 2023 yeah. um yeah i, I recommend that it to other people not to you obviously yeah, yeah, that sounds that sounds great and fucking terrifying, and there's not a chance I'll ever watch it. <laughs> but yeah, it does sound good. Okay, uh, I tell you what, I'll, would you want to do alternating though, and I'll pick my number four then. Yeah, and yeah. So my number four is John Wick four. I, <laughs> that's um, my too. Is it really? Yeah, excellent. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had to put it in those four with the four that. <laughs> that's brilliant yeah, i am um, oh i absolutely loved it i mean there's 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 movie series that they just start to get shit as shit as the you know worse and worse as they go on and they're basically just living off the name and thankfully yeah. john wick 4 is not one of them and you know it's whatever you think about fucking keanu reeves or his acting skills or whatever mm. this is a guy who fucking throws himself into these projects 110 percent. he knows what these movies mm. are about he's an action star um which is incredible you know i mean like when he was younger i mean even like to take take the matrix take the matrix out of it his other movies he were in we're talking a lot of rom-coms and stuff like that and yeah. and comedies um 
but you know he's now whatever whatever age he is what is he late 50s um yeah he's got to be uh, and he's you know he's a bona fide one of the biggest action stars right now and it's just it's so slick there's every time i think of this movie or i recommend it i'm always reminded of that top down shot you know where they're going through the kind of abandoned building or i think it's oh like jesus a, yeah, yeah. but it's an overhead overhead shot and it's one looks like one well it looks like one take it's obviously not hmm. but he's got this dragon's breath ammo that's basically shooting out like fucking flames out yeah. of the shotgun and so he's just going overhead from room to room just fucking taking out bag of and goes on for ages and he's fucking ducking behind chairs hmm. and just taking guys out left right and center but the way it's shot it's just it's so clever and so incredible looking it's like something is like something you'd love to see in a video game or play in a video game mm. it's just yeah it's one of my favorite action set pieces from anything that uh that came out this oh year. absolutely and that um that i remember when we were watching that that you you expect something that good when you see it to last 10 seconds you know the budget is there to just do a 10 to 15 second shot and then we're back to normal. That's there. They're splashing a, a few million on that. But the fact that it just keeps going on and on and on, it's just absolutely fucking astounding. Yeah, that was, that's probably my favorite scene, um, action wise, potentially all year in movies. Um, it was fantastic. Yeah. But I, I loved the way it seemed to revitalize the series. I mean, I love the first one. And the second was kind of more the same. I did start to fall off in the third one where, you know, the scenes were just, it's just more of, oh, look, uh, here's Keanu Reeves just shooting loads of people in the head at close range. And, you know, not that it was boring, but it just became a bit more the same. And when this one came along, it just at the end of it, and, and it's almost three hours fucking long, you know what I mean? Which is ridiculous. That's That shows the boldness and the confidence in the filmmakers to go. Right, fuck it. Like these movies on paper, like you would imagine producers would be saying, yeah, like 90 minutes, 100 minutes tops because people will just get bored. Is it a one trick pony? But this is like two hours, 45 minutes of absolute fucking madness. Like, um, yeah, I just thought it was fucking brilliant. And I love the way Keanu Reeves, Keanu Reeves is a bit more physical in this one, defying his age. Um, and the amount of people that get hit by cars in this fucking movie is amazing. Yeah. Like that, that fight <laughs> sequence around the, around the fucking uh, roundabout in Paris. This is amazing. And the staircase sequence where it almost pokes fun at itself with the longest uh, staircase. I don't know. That, that scene goes oh, on. Oh, they just keep getting minutes. knocked back down again. It just gets to the top and then gets knocked down the whole like, yeah. fucking way. And uh, yeah, Donnie Yen. Yeah. That's Donnie Yen is is just a man oozes charisma. It's so effortless. Um, he's just he's having so much fun, and he's the best thing in it by a mile to me. And he should be in every fucking movie. Like he just should be in every movie. He's just phenomenal, just to look at. Even when he's doing nothing, you can't take your eyes off him. I just love the man so much. He's awesome. Yeah. And, and Bill uh, Sarsgaard, oh not Bill, it is Bill Sarsgaard, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, he's great. Yeah, man, his his fucking outfits. Man, I've never been so jealous mm. of a fucking set of suits in my life. Like, holy shit, he yeah. looks baller. Every effort he was wearing is like, man, he looks so fucking slick. Um, yeah, but he yeah. plays that part great. Like, cause yeah, okay, he's vicious and all the rest of, it, but he is still a coward. Um, yeah, you know, he is. You see, like he, he is, and and it's just it's 
yeah, I, I loved him playing that part. I'm a massive fan of his. Like, I, I wasn't a great, a huge fan of it part two, but I loved him as as Pennywise. I think he was excellent. Everything I've yeah, seen I've him seen in, seen he's been fuck. Every, everything I've seen him in, he's been brilliant. Um, and this was no exception. But yeah, I'm very hopeful we'll have more John Wick. I mean, obviously we've got a lot in the world of John Wick with the yeah. Continental TV show and then Ballerina. Um, I think it's called Ballerina, which is Anna de Armas, you know, set in the world of John Wick yeah. as well. Um, so yeah, plenty more, plenty more to come. Yeah, roll on John Wick 5, 6, 7, 8 and 9. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it up. Right, do you want to do number uh, your number three then? Yes, number three for me is Tar. Have you seen this? It's I haven't. I know. Movie. I know. It's uh, it's um, it's it amazing. Called? Directed by uh, Todd Kate Field. Blanchett, it's uh, Kate Blanchett. Yeah, stars as yeah. Kate Blanchett stars as Lydia Tar, the revered um, conductor, and she uh, achieves her dream of um, conducting the Berlin Philharmonic Orchestra as the first female conductor. You know. And, She's poised for greatness and her life is brilliant. She's got the great, great apartment, job, partner, um, kid and everything. It's just everything goes well. And then a series of scandals involving younger musicians um, make her a target on social media and, and her perfect life begins to crumble. Um, it's it, it, like I love Kate Blanchett, but this is a career best for her. It's just a towering fucking performance. She's so dominant on screen. Um, and it's a, a a crying shame she didn't win the Oscar um, at this year's uh, awards earlier on um, because yeah she's just fucking phenomenal in it and the movie like Todd um, Todd Field I think his last movie was like 16 years ago or something he just doesn't <laughs> he's made three movies in like 25 years or something he just doesn't make a lot of movies and he should um but the movie, I like, don't, don't want to give too much away about the movie, but it's there's a moment at, at the start that just shows how fucking mad the director is, how he's messing with you. Um, after a brief scene, the uh, the brief over the shoulder um, scene with somebody having a bitchy text and message. Um, and then the movie launches into the end credits. That like, The end credits come up on screen after like, you know, like four or five minutes. And... Um, they play the entire fucking credits. You know, you literally sit in the cinema going, the f- what the fuck is going on? What, what's going on here? Is, is the projectionist, is he stoned off his head? What the fuck? Oh, then they come back into the film and it's, yeah, the movie just, it doesn't get that weird after that, but it, it does, it unnerves you to the point then, yeah, after that, it's just scene after scene after scene of just absolute fucking gold. Like, Cape Blanchett is, yeah, for me, has to be the, uh, one of the greatest actors of our generation. So um, it's a masterwork. Gripping. Um, yeah, just stunning. Definitely go watch. So that is my number three. Mm, sounds um, amazing. Yeah, I've seen it. Obviously seen yeah, it. And I've really seen the thing, seen it advertised, and I'm a big Kate Blanchett fan, but I just haven't gotten around to it. So I will add that to the list. Um, so Absolutely. my number three, we can kind of, we, we can skip past um, because my number three is Mission Impossible, which we've already discussed. Oh yeah, uh, I went for Dead Reckoning in there. Um, nice one. So, my number two is Spider Man Across the Spider Verse. Oh, I super duper! Absolutely loved this. This was yeah, like I, 
it's fucking mind blowing to me what they what they do with the animation of this, you know, and mm. it's like like as I'm watching it, I know I know that I have to wait, knowing that I have to wait. I was genuinely upset knowing that I had to wait. For, for the for the third movie, I'm not. I I don't want to wait. Like I just want the next one straight mm. away. It's such it's such an assault on the senses. It makes you want to start smoking weed again. Like it was just, <laughs> it's absolutely incredible. And and the attention to detail they do a lot for the fans by jumping into Easter eggs and stuff like that. But it's I love how the stories are told. I love the acting in it. Um, I love the soul of it. I love. Mm. you know how it is about family how it's also about miles growing and becoming spider-man and all that kind of stuff you know and becoming more obviously he is spider-man but becoming the spider-man if you know what i mean um it's just yeah i i i I can't say enough about the anime animated style you know it's it's so different Mm. you know i think that you can we can get a new disney pixar thing brought out and yeah they'll be amazing and pull on their heartstrings whether it's you know coco or inside out and stuff but generally it's the same animation animated style you know it's not massively different um mm. but it, this is just like nothing else there is nothing else out there like the um like these two spider-verse movies that have come out um mm. and it's I, I know fuck all about about um spider punk or punk spider before yeah i watched before this i haven't hadn't read any of his comics with him in it um, but he's just one of the absolute stars of the show. He's fucking excellent. Um, but yeah, an incredible movie. What did you think of this? Yeah, one? like uh, it's fantastic. It's it's uh, well, surprisingly, it's my number one movie um, of the year. Yeah, I mean, you talk about the the wait for the third one. I mean, the wait for this one, like after the after the first Spider Spider Verse, that was twenty eighteen, I think, and that changed the game i think for western animation in my mind i'd never seen anything like it it was just like holy fuck this is just especially on the big screen we were just fucking blown away by the first one and then this comes along and yeah just raises the fucking bar like tenfold um, in terms of the animation styles but i think like the vast majority of multiverse movies which have become very popular you know obviously what marvel are doing as well they have none of them have really maximized the potential of this kind of subgenre um per se apart from uh, every everything everywhere all at once it's the only other kind of multiverse movie that's really explored the madness that um that comes with it and the animation styles in this like every world is just so fucking different it's it's so inventive and um so much ingenuity on on show like what like even just the way it starts with gwen's world like kind of animated like an oil painting that's constantly kind of shifting just that was the first time my jaw dropped was about five seconds into this movie and i continued to, to drop um throughout um like that age-old phrase every frame is a painting has never been more true than than this movie you could pause at any moment of it print it, stick it in a frame, stick it on your wall. Someone comes to your house for dinner and goes, fucking hell, that's gorgeous. What's that? You know? Um, yeah, I just absolutely fucking loved it. And it was my, yeah, it was my number one by miles. What was your, what was your number two? My number two was Oppenheimer. Um, yeah, just what can you say? Christopher Nolan, massive fan. It was a, it was 
tricky to not put this at number one because it's a far more, I guess, serious movie and ominous movie and a movie of the time. And, you know, as Christopher Nolan said himself, it's probably one of the most important movies he's ever made, you know. And it's uh, this movie just, yeah, Killian Murphy is astounding. Robert Downey Jr. is astounding. Uh, it's a relentless pace. It's essentially a movie about people just talking, which is amazing that Christopher Nolan and his editor can make three hours seem like 90 minutes. Just absolutely amazing. The uh, the cast are sublime. But um, yeah, it's the editing and the pacing, that non-linear structure that he always puts into his movies that fits in this movie so well. There's a sequence towards the end where it's just two people chatting in a room and he's been interrogated. And it's, it goes on for about seven or eight minutes. And it's the most heart-pounding experience in the cinema I've had in quite some time. And it's just two people fucking talking to each other. And the music's just ramping up. And yeah, fucking hell. I swear in IMAX that the uh, seats were shaking. Um, but yeah, just fantastic. I think it's Nolan's masterpiece with such complex characters, you know, haunting, haunting story. Um, and the ending that really cuts to the core, you know, it leaves, I think two of us were flattened by that last delivery of dialogue um, and the music. And then, yeah, it's just fantastic. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was... I, you could just go was, on about it for... Jesus, yeah, it's fucking it, amazing. It, it, everybody was everybody was absolutely on it. Like, it was... Like, this is my number one, obviously. I mean, we're just... Yeah. Two of us obviously just picked our number ones back in front. But this was... Uh, this was my number one. I, I was blown away. I love Christopher Nolan. But this, as you said, like, I know the story. You know, and I know that the story. Mm. I know the history of this. And, and to still be absolutely gripping the chair with tension despite the fact that yeah. i know what happened and what happens yeah yeah um was incredible and just the delivery of some of the stuff and just the way like the smallest roles as well like james raymer has such a small mm. role in this but his whole part mm. where they're talking about pick when they're picking the the targets and stuff like that the way he's just oh, talking, yeah, oh, yeah. you know we can't get everybody to bury a honeymoon there you know and he's just so yeah. it's such a lovely place you know as if, as if they're just picking the most you know, mm. innocuous, random thing in the world when they're really picking the place where they're about to end, you know, end the lives and change the course of history forever and, you know, and end countless lives. It's just, that's done so perfectly. Everybody in it was amazing. Mm. Gary Oldman had such a small role, um, mm. but still absolutely incredible. I wanted to punch him right in the fucking face. You know, it was just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it was absolutely incredible. I would agree. Yeah. I think that this is, um, from a cinematic point of view, definitely his uh, Nolan's best movie. My favorite's probably yeah, um, either Inception Dark maybe Knight. probably, but or Dark Knight. You know, but Dark I think Knight, yeah. it, it's difficult to choose. He's you know he's pretty he's pretty much always you're pretty much always good, um, <clears throat> but yeah, like it's it's it blew me away and it, it I will be up in arms and riding if um, if Killian Murphy doesn't, doesn't win get his due best best you know what I mean because he was outstanding uh, Florence Pugh was outstanding it was just yeah it was incredible cinema it was similar to Mission Impossible was one of these things where you this is something you need to see in IMAX you know like um people who it's were an going event. to see yeah yeah like I'm going to see I'll wait I'll wait for fucking Ma- you know Top Gun Maverick to hit streaming and then I'll watch it no you fucking lunatic you go and see yeah, it on yeah, the gigantic yeah. screen that's what this is made for well, you're you know talk to me the thing screen. 
talk to me one of the movies i mentioned you can go and catch that at, at home you can watch it in the dark mm-hmm. put a pair of headphones and watch it and you'll get fucking you know you'll get the effect of how awesome that movie is but stuff like this is the reason i love cinema so much it was you know there's so much mm-hmm. practical effects it was one of i think one of the least amount of cg used he's used in a movie which yeah. is incredible um and he uses yeah, fuck all to begin with anyway yeah 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 um but yeah 100 percent, just an incredible incredible movie we are so mm. um we were quite in sync there with a lot of them like we we pretty yeah, much we pretty had good. four of each other's um we're only one off each other's top five which is wild um yeah i think when we get on to tv year. now yeah oh a fantastic year for movies yeah really um i think when we get on to do you know what's interesting it's just before we move on it's it's interesting as well that there was no chance of any like bar spider-verse which you know is a superhero movie but it's animated there was mm. no chance of any um live action superhero movie getting near my top five not a hope yeah you know no like guardians maybe would have been like would have been the one that i thought was a decent one but there was none yeah. of them for the whole year um i guess maybe we'll discuss that more when we get to our disappointment section um so um yeah so on to tv um i know for you yeah you you look you're being up to your fucking bollocks this year you've a new kid in the way so maybe you don't get as much time for for tv mm. as i do um um do you want to kick this one off with your whatever your yeah well i have three tv shows and one documentary and one episode of a tv show <laughs> <laughs> so number five i've got to say spot scott pilgrim episode one because that's the f- fifth tv thing i've watched this year and i still didn't get to watch um episode two as i was, I was telling you earlier on i couldn't find 23 minutes to watch another episode of it um but yeah yeah i was really you had, enjoying had, that. You had, number had you four, read the comics no, had you read the comics? No, not at all. No, not okay. at all. It's actually got me to uh, a point where I want to, I want to read the comics now to get another point of view on this from the movie, watching this TV show, and then go back and actually read that graphic novel and stuff. Okay, but um, um yeah, I, um, I yeah, you go into five. Yeah, well, like just on that one, like, I haven't finished it. I've watched a few episodes of it. I love the animation. Mm. I love it. Um, I love that they've used the same actors. It, it's it's quality. I I yeah. had only I think read the first episode of Scott Pilgrim back in the day. I never got into it. Um, I'm not sure. Like if it wasn't really big amongst any of any of our friends, and it was probably came out at an mm. age where I wasn't reading a massive amount of comics. Um, yeah. So yeah, so I never really got into it. But I am um, I I do enjoy the animation style. It's definitely one I'll. Uh, I get stuck into. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, my number five. Well, my five, my five again. This time is another horror. Um, it's the fall of the House of Usher. Uh, mm. I, I I don't even think that this is the best of Mike Flanagan's work, but I absolutely loved it. I loved it ma- like mainly for the performances. It's just I ju- I love Bruce Greenwood. I think he's great and everything. He was so good. Carlo Gugino, Gugino. Um, mm everybody i think is absolutely on it and it's just you know it's tragic it's dark it's told so so well um, and as i said before like i really i like my flanagan's way of doing horror it's just such an accessible way i think that if you're mad about horror it'll satiate you if you just aren't you know are, are terrified of it maybe a bit like yourself or you just 
don't really get yeah. the appeal, you know, of sitting there of being un, un, unnerved. I think it appeals to people like yourself as well because it surfs that line of not being super scary. It's dark, um, but it's clever. It's funny. It's my number five. It's definitely worth a watch if you're looking out there looking for something to mill through on on it's on netflix it's one of these all of my flanagan shows seem to be on netflix um so yeah that's my number five cool um for my number four um is still the michael j fox documentary which um is not (laughs) is not a tv show but i'm sticking it in here because um yeah it was just it was great i think i talked about it earlier on um or in episode two or three or something. And it's just a superb look into Michael J. Fox's life, his world, um, how he's dealt with Parkinson's. And he he really talks about it with that same um, wonderful sense of humor, um, while also, you know, delving into the darker moments of his illness that have been, you know, thrown in his path. But his sheer um, optimism and spirit and determination through it all is just fucking wonderful to watch. He's just a really, really nice guy. Um, yeah, and it's it's yeah, just a lovely, lovely documentary that I've watched twice actually. Instead of watching Scott Pilgrim episode two, I watched this again, um, just to brush up on it. But yeah, I love uh, it. I, yeah, I, I love it. It's really. I good. haven't watched it yet, um, and mm. I. I guess I'm I, I I just know I'll probably end up bawling my eyes out crying and like the yeah. I kind of put this it's probably the same reason I haven't watched Val Kilmer's one. Um, I saw the trailer for Val Kilmer's that, one, yeah. and I was like, oh. I'm not watching that, man. I'm gonna end up fucking bawling and watching that. Like mm. I'm not watching that. Um, I think maybe that's the reason that I haven't because I, I I love Michael J. Fox and, it, and it's mm. as you said I've you know I've read plenty of stories from him over the years and it's yeah. just it's it's amazing. He's an amazing person, and he's he was always he was always a great actor, but he just seems to be mm. an amazing dude as well. Um, and I, uh, like, I will have to get around to watch it. The fact that you've watched it twice mm. obviously is shows that it is quite standout. I'd let you away yeah. with calling this a um, calling this a TV documentary, TV show, seeing, yeah. as though it, seeing as though it didn't yeah. actually make it into the cinema and was just on streaming. Um, days, thanks for my that. Uh, my number four is and i'm surprised this is so far low so low on my list is gen v um the boys okay, spin-off yeah. um which just goes to show the caliber of the top three um but mm. gen v is fantastic like talk about keeping the same spirit of the boys tv show which is fucking carnage you know outrage like outrageous yeah. over-the-top violence but with a lot of satire in there as well some great humor um and with a cast of mostly, because these kids are mostly unknowns, um, someone who I've seen in a couple of a couple of things, but mostly I hadn't seen any of them really before. Um, and yeah, it's just fucking quality. Some outrageously, outrageously funny stuff, like in the boys when you know your man goes tidy and goes inside your man's cock and stuff. Like that there's moments like that, <laughs> like out loud moments like that, where you're like, oh my fucking Christ. Um, and like it, it's done so well, I think they. I read something like it done. It's done so well that they're considering, they're reconsidering the direction of what they were going to take with the boys' TV show because of how well this had done. Um, but it's yeah, it's it's great. There's there's it's all on it's on Amazon Prime for anybody who wants to watch it. But it's just if you love the boys, you will love this. Like it, it's it's yeah. it's excellent. I think I think I would even put this maybe ahead 
of maybe season three of the boys. I think yeah, it's it's okay. It's that good. It's definitely it's definitely yeah. good to watch. I'll definitely have to check that out. Um, yeah, that, I was so close to to watching that, and we had talked at some point um, when we were setting up this podcast if we would try and watch it together or you know review it together. But um, you can you you can uh, watch a show and then literally about five minutes later say, "Yeah, I've just watched four seasons of it." And it's like, how the fuck have you done that? Uh, so I would never yeah, when to you, commit. When you, <laughs> when you don't sleep. You have a lot of time to take these things in. <laughs> uh, brilliant. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely have to have to watch that. But I'm, I'm still on episode or season three of The Boys. It takes me years, years to watch TV shows. Like in 2020, when I, I started watching The Expanse, when my, first, when my daughter was born, and I was watching it, you know, at four o'clock in the morning when trying to get her to sleep. And it was fantastic. I watched like one and a half seasons in about a week. It's like, this is fucking brilliant. And I haven't watched anything in three and a half years since. It's just like, okay. <laughs> so that's just how it goes, man. Kids fuck with your mind, man. Um, are, you not, does it not, does, are you not terrified of spoilers? Like I'm so like, when it came to like the Game of Thrones and stuff, I was, I was yeah. like, I would make sure I was watching, I was watching that shit before I went into work. You know, it's on like late on yeah. a Sunday in the States. I'd watch it before I went to work on the Monday because I was so afraid someone would ruin it on mm. me and i think i think that's the way i am with tv shows that i don't really like social media i don't spend much time on social media but i'm still fucking terrified someone's gonna ruin something on me um yeah i guess it's not maybe these not, days not they just have to uh, yeah these days it could just be yeah a few words people could just post somewhere you know just one one update you know someone's died in whatever show and and you're fucking screwed um but yeah i kind of unless it's a very um, in not important show, but a, a current show that I'm really interested in, and one of them on this list where I would be watching every episode as it came out as soon as fucking possible, shutting down social media just in case somebody gives the game away because because they're just fucking dickheads out there. Um, but yeah, uh, number three for me is Top Boy, um, which I got into because of my wife who want yeah i think season five is out now on netflix and she was asking me look are you going to do you want to watch it with me as a recap before she watches um season five and i hummed and hawed about it and then she went right okay i went back and it's a london-based drug crime thriller show um and it's it got a strange history where I think the seasons one and two were out in 2010 and 2012 or something. And then I think it was cancelled and it was picked up again then in 2019. But Netflix named it in such a peculiar way for, for like, if I didn't know about seasons one and two, um, I would have, like many people probably coming to the show new on Netflix, they'd start like Top Boy is down to seasons one, two, three, but it's actually their seasons three, four and five. And seasons yeah, one or yeah, two, you know, yeah. are renamed as Top Boy Summer House. And those first two seasons um, are referenced quite a lot in seasons three and four. And it's, I mean, you can you can get away with not seeing them, but it's there's so much content and backstory to these characters that it's um, it's just strange the way they they named that anyway. But it's yeah, the show follows the Top Boy Deshaun. 
and his street gang as they hustle, you know, for control of their patch, summer house, and the distribution of drugs within it. And it's, yeah, it just, it blew me away. Seasons one, season one, like after season, after seeing season four and how season by season, it just, the scope gets bigger, you know, the budgets are bigger. The cast, you know, are aging, but they're still, uh, the relationships are still fantastic and so believable. Um, it takes so many bold turns during seasons one to four. Um, yeah, it just, it, it just blew me away. It's uh, the evolving characters, the relationships, the acting, the writing, cinematography, the score is fucking mind-blowing. And we are starting season five, I think, next week. Uh, that depends if there's a baby here, we probably won't. But <laughs> I can't wait for season five. It really, my my wife had bigged it up so much that when I was sitting down to watch it was like oh really I hope I watch or you know I hope I like this you know when you put that pressure on yourself and it uh yeah one episode in it was like holy fuck this is this is sublime like especially season one being what 13 years old um, see I've only seen yeah, season one and two like I've only seen the originals okay. I never I haven't seen the, the other ones after that um yeah but uh, yeah no, they've they're, aged they're, as well yeah. Yeah, I, I actually I didn't bother with the newer ones because I figured it wasn't going to live up to the originals. Like, no, I'm not going to mm. bother. Um, but maybe I will go, and maybe I will go and check it out. So, yeah, it does. Um, it, there, there was definitely a feeling that maybe, you know, is because it's been p- picked up by Netflix. Is it just is it going to be a bit too disjointed from the first two seasons? But it's you no, know, it's definitely they, they fit together quite well. So, I would definitely recommend checking it checking them out just to see. The cast, the cast again, a little older. Uh, yeah, it's just fucking great. Love it. Excellent. Um, so my number three is my number three actually didn't come out that long ago. Um, but I got fucking sucked in. Um, and it's absolutely incredible. It's another one that's on Netflix Blue Eye Samurai, uh, animated okay. TV show. And no, it is absolutely incredible. It's, um, it's based on a basically it's a story of revenge, but incredibly mm. well acted. It's um, Maya Erskine, uh, Randall Park, uh, Brenda Song, Kenneth Branagh. It's um, mm. it's it's fucking excellent, and I think it's done by, I think it was created by like a husband and wife uh, combo team, and it's a mixture of like a, I think a French and American, or maybe it's French and Japanese uh, animation studios. Um, but it's only eight or nine episodes, but they're good, proper long mm. episodes. Like, you know, they think the first one is over an yeah. hour and each other episode, oh, wow, episodes okay. are like 48, 50 minutes. Um, but the score is incredible. I think even in the first episode, they have that um, battle with honor, without honor humanity, you know, from Hotai. Oh, which yeah, is in, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kill Bill. Kill Bill, um, yeah. Yeah. But it's no, it's it's absolutely excellent. Like, it, it's, it's so well written and... I'm totally behind this character from day one, Mizu. She's this absolute badass. It's basically she's kind of an outcast because she's a half breed. You know, she's um, half white, half Japanese in a time where white people are kind of banned. It's like the 1600s, it's set, um, and where white people are banned from Japan. And so she's seen as less than, um, and she hides who she is and stuff. But she's this absolute badass. She's going around fucking beating like 30 guys at once with a fucking sword and everything it's violent it's 
it's actually graphically sexual as well, which is something maybe they wouldn't see mm. in a massive amount of of, uh, of anime. Actually, but now that I say that, they're, they're, when I think graphically sexual, there's a lot of animated penises in it, and it made me think that I wonder <laughs> if I wonder if if this is the ultimate goal of some animators is to get to that that to get that job where they can finally animate a penis. Because I remember, if you remember that De- De- Love, Death and Robots. I cracked it. Um, I got it. Yeah. I, I, like, remember Love, Death and Robots, which is basically a bunch of individual studios who all do short, mm. short little films. You know, some of them are a few minutes long to maybe up to 15 minutes long. Some are CG, some are yeah. animated, different animated styles. Really, really good. But in the first season of that, I would, I, I would say easily 75% of these unaffiliated unaffiliated studios and things these episodes are not the 75 percent had an animated penis in it and i just wonder is it like yes we finally got netflix have told us we can we can put a show on but there has to be an animated We're allowed penis to do it. In we it. can least, finally you know, put the penises in yeah or is it a net is it in the netflix contract where the studios are like listen we don't want to put these penises in and netflix is like no you want to work with netflix we want to see dick all right um but we can give it's, you a guy. Um, Tom does great penises. He's now on your team. <laughs> um, but no, it's just, it's absolutely incredible. Uh, go ahead and watch it. It's, it's so, as I said, so well acted, so well that the, mm. the, it's beautiful, beautifully animated. It's kind of a, a blend of 2D and 3D. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, yeah, go ahead, go and watch it, 100%. Um, That's great, actually. My number two is Silo. Do you watch that one? Oh, wow. No. No? Silo no, is... I no, don't think I've heard uh, of it. Oh, it's, it's on Apple, on Apple TV. It's um, mm-hmm. Rebecca Ferguson uh, is the main actor oh, cool. in it. And mm. it's it's kind of a, it's a future apocalyptic kind of thing where all human beings all live in these silos. Um, mm. So it has that kind of cool retro sci-fi buzz to it because they've been living there for like, I don't know, 150 years or something. But all the people who live there don't fully know the reason that everybody lives in the silo. There's information mm. is controlled by the powers that be. And so they don't know exactly, you know, they can see out through the outside world, through cameras and stuff, but they don't know exactly what's out there. They just, you know, and it's, so the whole thing, it's, um, it's basically, it's kind of, a, it's got this murder mystery vibe to it, like crime murder mystery vibe. Mm. Um, but yeah, the sci-fi dystopian. I don't want to say too much about it because it's a mystery. I'm kind of very, I'm yeah. very careful. I don't want to talk about it too much. But performances are great. Um, ben Kingsley's uh, son is in it. It's the second thing I've seen him in now. He was in um, an episode of uh, The Sandman as well. He's really, really good. I don't know mm. him from much else, but he's really good. Um, but Rebecca Ferguson is just so watchable. You know, she's fucking. She, she can play the badass. She can play a bad guy. She can play a good guy. She can play an action hero. You know, she's just fucking, she's excellent. Um, so yeah, there's a really great cast to this. It starts off in the first episode. You've got, you know, and I was blown away by some of the people who were in it, you know, with, with yeah. Will Patton and um, Rashida Jones. It's, it's a, uh, it's great cast. Looks great. Well acted. I'm not going to talk about it any more than that. Cause I don't want to ruin it, but um i would Brilliant. recommend you check it out i think it's there's only one only one season the first season was this year so um not too much to catch up on if you want to dive into it that's great actually because yeah you're number three and two have piqued my interest um big time i'd never even heard of 
any of them, which shows how up to date I am with TV shows <laughs> in 2023. Um, my number two, which may be on your list, is The Last of Us. That is, uh, everyone knows The Last of Us. I'm hoping everyone's seen The Last of Us. Um, what else can you say? Uh, what a show. It's just mas- a masterful example of how to adapt a video game for anyone else who is shitting the bed trying to do this um take take a look at how these guys are are masterfully adapting the video game with excellent um choices on what to keep from the game and what to add or change um excellent choices in in the cast um throughout um but still for me um episode three in this is one of the best episodes of TV I've seen in many, many, many a year. Um, like it's just, just just a standout. I mean, the rest of the show is is excellent, but it just um, that episode blew me away, and it was a perfect example of um, them adding adding something else to the uh, to the the show where it wasn't play by play adaptation of the game because we all know. Pretty much everyone I would imagine has played that game, so they know how it how it goes. But episode three, where it takes a moment in the game that is, you know, not a throwaway moment, but it's such a, a small little piece of information in the uh, in the full game, uh, where Bill and you you find out about his partner and um, yeah. It's 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 such a little moment, a little beautiful little moment in the game, and they expand it out into a full hour long episode that is, yeah, one of the year's best episodes. Um, spectacular, but the show on a whole blew me away, absolutely blew me away. And yet, the and yet, I think that episode is the lowest rated on IMDb, which is which is a fucking insane crime. to me. You know, um, mm. people who just you know calling it a de- people morons calling it a departure and stuff like that. I'm sorry if you're listening to this and you thought it was a departure. I'm I'm calling you a moron, but um, <laughs> it just—I yeah. I, don't—I don't—I don't see that. I mean, this room—I'm with you on that episode. It was, you know, I cried. It was absolutely beautifully done. Um, to get to expand on that relationship, because all you see, and you know, from the game, you—you're only getting Frank's side of it from a note that's left. You know, that's it, and the mm. little bit that you hear from Bill. You don't meet Frank. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Um. Well, you don't meet. It's just life. that note, um, and, the, and what happened to him? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just it is an incredibly beautiful episode and so well acted, um, which is what you're expecting from Nick Offerman, you know. Um, yeah. And you know, it's it's yeah, the whole show was incredible. Pedro Pascal can do no wrong at the moment. Obviously, I was oh, a little, you know, I, I was yeah, and I suppose I was a little um, apprehensive about the choice for. Um, about the, the the choice for Ellie at the start, I'm not sure about you. Mm. When when they first when they first announced it, I was like, uh, okay. I mean, she Bella Ramsey's good in in Game of Thrones, but I wasn't sure. I didn't I didn't know her from anything else. But I have to say, I, I didn't know what she was going to bring to it. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think it's absolutely excellent. I think she's she was brilliant. Um, and she kind of made it her I, own, I like though, it, which yeah. is which was nice. Yeah, yeah, she did. Yeah, she's not exactly the same as Ellie. A lot, a lot of the same lines, but yeah. some of them are delivered almost. Spot on, the same way Ellie would, but mm. someone a little bit different. And it's, mm. it's, um, it's, it's. A, I love that they had the little thing where Neil Druckmann brought in Ashley Johnson and Troy Baker to give them small roles. 
Um, yeah. I think the episode with uh, Troy Baker in it, I think episode nine uh, with David and mm. stuff, you know, I think that's yeah. one of the, probably the closest episodes to that section of a game. You know, it, it's, mm. it's almost spot on, you know, um, that's just, it's, as you said, for, we've talked on here about movie adaptations with our Mortal Kombat's and our Street Fighter and all these other things. Yeah. We had that one where I got you to guess the, yeah. Uh, when I got you to guess all those movies, you know, and so many of them were just, yeah, like, yeah. Jesus Christ, these are shit. The Last of Us is just an example of just, is how to do it right. It's mm. incredibly written, incredibly acted. So much care is being taken with this. I cannot wait for, uh, for, oh, what do next? Yeah. Um, absolutely. I suppose, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm interested to hear your number one because that, that, that Last of Us is my number one. Um, obviously, yeah. the silo is my number two. So, um, with The Last of Us being my number one, I'm interested to hear what your one is. Yeah, it was tough because The Last of Us was just uh, so new and um, hit hard in terms of us loving the game and it being adapted from a video game. And it's just, you know, something we love. But for me, um, it was an easy choice for the best TV show of the year, which was epi- or season four of Succession. And I don't know if you okay. Well, look, I, I'm gonna, I am going to have to stop. I, I, I'm going to have to stop it there for a second. I this I I thought that we were picking TV shows that came out in 2023 the same way we were doing movies. <laughs> so all of mine are brand new TV shows for 2023. <laughs> don't watch any brand which is why new. Why I don't have yeah, which is why I don't have like that's why even I kind of I was kind of raising an eyebrow when you were talking about Top Boy. I was like, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll see where this goes. So I think that's where maybe where we're differing. We're differing, but. Uh, but go on, go on, go on. Go on. Sorry, go on. I shouldn't have interrupted you. Tell me. No, no, not at all. So yeah, Succession season four um, continues on uh, Jesse Armstrong's scathing uh, satire of family dynamics and corporate dysfunction. Um, it gave us more of the same magnificent writing delivered by a sublime ensemble cast. I mean, Brian Cox can do no wrong. He could just say, fuck off for the rest of his days um, and he'd probably still win some awards you know um, it's just yeah it's just not so much more the same they they kept changing it every season but this season it's just it's it's just a show where you hate everyone and yet they're all so utterly compelling characters which is the very essence of a flawed character study masterpiece in my in my book and I know with uh, with TV shows endings are always tricky you know, um, whether it's Lost or, you know, if it's The Last of Us, if they do season two and season three, how are they going to end it? How are they going to change it? You know, it's always, it gets to a point where a lot of people like an ending, a lot of people dislike it. There's always a a divide. Um, but, uh, and more often than not, it's it's always spouted that it's the journey. You know, it's, it's all about the journey. It doesn't matter about the ending. But this one um, was all about the journey. But also they stuck the landing with the ending. It's uh, it's one of the single greatest endings to a show I've ever seen. Um, and I was totally prepared for them to just, is it going to hit or miss? But yeah, they fucking nailed it. The final five minutes is just flawless television. And it, uh, yeah, it's straight away, like, um, has jumped into top five TV shows for me of all time. Um, up there with Wire and Breaking Bad and Battlestar Galactica and probably sopranos but yeah blew me away but yeah like 
season four. I'm treating that as a new one. I'm treating 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 as a new TV show. I'm gonna admit I've I've not watched it yet. I've not and I'm like all oh. I have people telling me how the fuck have you not watched it? Like of all the things and the garbage that like, you watch, why the fuck have you not mm. watched this? It's incredible, and I don't know why I put it on. For some reason, I do this every so often. And there's something I'm like I almost need to save it for a certain time. The time when I'm ready, it was like um. It was like watching the last season of, of Mr. Robot. I'd watched, I'd watched them each season yeah. as they come out. For some reason, I wasn't ready for it yet. And I, that's, I get that mm. sometimes with TV shows and movies. I'm like, I'm not ready to watch it yet. And like when I do, mm. I don't know, watching it all in one go, you know, and yeah, I, that's what I did with, you know, season four of Mr. Robot. I, I loved it. Um, mm. But I get like that sometimes with people. I'm just like, I'm not, I know it's amazing. All I hear about people are raving yeah. about it, but I have to be in the space for it. And once I am, you know, I'll start it on the fucking Friday and, it, and a few days done, later yeah. you'll be getting a text going, I've watched a whole lot of it, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. But I will get to it. I yeah. remember that. I remember that with, actually with House of Cards. I remember I watched the first episode of it about four times. and thought the first episode, I was like, this is fucking brilliant. I never watched anything else. I just watched like four months later, I'd try and watch it again and have to watch the first episode again. And then, yeah, another six months would go by. Um. It was always I wanted to be in the right frame of mind to completely binge it, and I've just I've never watched it ever. So, but yeah, watch yeah, watch this. It's glorious. It's glorious. House of Cards was great until obviously everything that that happened um, and yeah. came out. Um, loves the first couple of seasons of that. Anyway, um, no, that was good. That was a little bit more of a different what difference uh, a difference mm. there compared to our our movies. Um, which was interesting. I definitely, yeah, I will. Ha- I will have to sit down and watch because I, I did enjoy um, the first two seasons of Top Boy. So it's good to mm. know I, that the I thought that maybe they were just cashing in on an older show by making this. Mm. So good to know it's actually good, and I will watch Succession. Um, yeah, so, likewise, I'll watch everything you've listed by twenty twenty seven. Yeah, when when you've got, got kid number five. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. So okay, so that's that's the TV show stuff out of the way. So let's move on then to um, I suppose more of our. This is what I read, butter. Our, I mean, okay, this is yeah. a geeky podcast, but I suppose so much of the time we uh, we do spend our time talking about video games. So this should be an interesting one. I think we'll have some. We will have a lot of similar mm. ones, but I guess it'll be where where they're placed on that top five will be interesting. Um, yeah. So okay, well, uh, John, will I kick it off then with? Or do you want to yeah, kick it off? Yeah, for sure. Okay. You go for it. You, you might be disappointed with how low this is on my list. Um, <sighs> Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is it number no. five. No! <laughs> um, look, I play a lot of games, you know what I mean? So the top five, yeah, these yeah. are, you know, these are obviously my f- absolute favorites of the year. Um, and I love this game. I absolutely loved it. The, yeah. The... What this, as I said before in one of our previous episodes, what they've been able to do on the Switch, you know, I mean, with such a small amount, with this, the power of the, this machine has, the scope of this game, you know, is just mm. absolutely out of this world. Um, I love, I, I love that they've kind of, they do as much as they can without overreaching, you know, that they'll keep the action and stuff. Okay, we have to have a minimum, we're going to have to have pop in and stuff like that, but manage how we do that okay we want to have talking cast as well but we don't have the space to have a Mm. game of this size of that many talking characters okay we keep the talking mostly just to cutscenes, you know and it's just they're really 
it's really careful about where it uses the power that it needs to run this game. Mm. Um, and it's just, it's absolutely gorgeous. I don't really need an amazing amount of story from these games, to be honest, you know, yeah. even the side quests. I don't need a whole lot from them. What I want is, um, well, originally what I wanted was just cool, you know, amazing puzzles and dungeons, whereas now mm. they've given us this open world. That's what I want now. I want to meet cool new characters. I want to be able to see a place and go, okay, well, if I have enough stamina and all the rest but built up that i can get there just fucking travel there and get there mm. i love the new mechanics um the, the 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 fusing you know building in being able to basically build your own contraptions no own machines mm. some of the shit i've seen online of people building their own mechs you know and stuff out of it the different oh, contraptions astonishing, and, right? yeah there's so many different ways to solve puzzles now you know beforehand it was like okay there's a set of the things you need to do to solve this whereas with these new mechanics you know, you've, you know, okay, well, there's a bunch of different ways that you can solve these shrines because, okay, well, one way I might do it, you know, by launching myself over, you might build a different thing to get over there. And it's just, mm. it's giving people so many different options to attack it. Um, I think maybe the reason I have it down a little bit isn't as low, lower. Whereas if we were talking about Breath of the Wild when it came out, I'm sure it would have been my number one that year. Yeah. I think the reason it's a bit lower down for me is it is so much of it is breath of the wild you know like it's we're set in the same hyrule most zelda games that come before you are changing it up each time whereas it's a lot of it is basically the same game with some a lot of shit added on to it that's kind of what it felt like to me is that it's breath of the wild with a bunch of stuff added on it's Mm. got does have a shitload of new stuff as i've said i like that new dynamic and building stuff but i would have liked something radically different i think from my zelda games because that's yeah where they've kind of jumped each zelda game has been so different um i think maybe that's what it was for me and they have done a lot with it i think i would have just liked to have seen something radically different than the previous game and of course i had put hundreds and hundreds of hours into breath of the wild and it felt like just stepping back into breath of the wild with some now you can go underground or now you can go higher Mm. in the sky (laughs) you know that's kind of what it felt like to me um, that it was extra onto Breath of the Wild rather than being a new, brand new game. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's it's for those reasons that I I, I love I loved it um, too. Like taking Breath of the Wild and and going back into Breath of the Wild, you know, being the same map, but I didn't fucking remember any of that map anyway. <laughs> so adding the Sky Islands to it, and for me, um. Going into the depths in that game where it's an entire entirely new world, I actually did it wrong. I went in there too early and I didn't have, you know, a certain, um, or I wasn't playing it properly where I wasn't firing um, these arrows or these plant arrows that would light up and sh- show you the way. I went down, there were no arrows that, with no bow and got lost in the depths which to anyone who hasn't played it it's just fucking pitch black you can't see anything and it's yeah there's like uh, there's canyons and rivers and fucking yeah i was just wandering around there and generally in a game that would just piss me off and i go okay get the hell out of here but i spent about eight or nine hours down there in the dark trying to find, <laughs> trying to find my way around and you'd see in the distance you'd see um like a glowing kind of a route and you know right if i get there that'll that'll make that area that that will illuminate that area um but that alone and that's what that game 
gave it to me. It took Breath of the Wild, which was the best game I'd ever played, probably at the time in 2017, and added to it even more. And that moment when you get the Ultra Hand um, ability is the moment the game just changes completely and gives you a frightening amount of freedom, um, urging and compelling you to engage with your imagination and go fucking wild. And wild I did, yeah, I put about 130 hours into it, 130, 140 hours. And I've still gone back to it since. It's It, it was the only, the only reason I think I picked up my Switch in the last maybe two years was probably just to play that game and I still go back to it. Um, the story is, yeah, you don't get too much story with Zelda, but it's still, it's still a cool story. You know, anything involving time, um, sign me up. I love that kind of stuff. The ancient technology I thought is amazing. The art design, and that's what we, we talk about with a game like this coming out on a six-year-old, essentially handheld console. Um, the art design is just fucking phenomenal it just it just works it just looks gorgeous and i guarantee in five years it's still it won't look like it's aged like you can go back and play breath of the wild and it still looks like a gorgeous game because they're they're nintendo know exactly what they're doing they know how to tailor this game and as you said maximize the potential of the game and hide any of the the limits of the hardware um but yeah i just think this game was an absolute masterpiece and raised the bar again for Zelda games and the kind of ingenuity and creative madness that they uh, they really propel you into was just fantastic. And I, I can't believe I'm going to have to wait another five or six years for what they do next <laughs> because it's... Yeah, they're waiting yeah. an extra five or six but years for a new fucking console at this point, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I know, yeah. Um, but that... Um, so what yeah, did you, do, do you want to know your, where uh, this was? Uh, no, we get, we'll see when we get to it. No. See when we get to it. I want to know where you, well, awesome. let's, 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 uh, what was your number five? My number five was Spider-Man 2 um, on PS5. Uh, yeah, it was just um, more of the same, but better. Um, the writing's fantastic. The gameplay's fantastic. Characters are excellent. Um, the addition of the wingsuit, I think... When I heard about that pre-release, I was like, oh, but I kind of like swinging through the city. I don't know what I'm, how I'm going to feel about the gliding around the city it also. And uh, that was spectacular. Um, it was The story was great. A really new, interesting take on the whole Venom saga. Um, yeah, it was just it was just solid. I'd, I'd give it like an 8.5 or something, but it was, I really, really enjoyed it. That was my number five. Was this on your list? Yes, yes. Um, this was my number four. Oh, yeah, nice. it's Spider-Man number four. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, I suppose yeah, we might as well jump onto our number fours then. Um, yeah, no, I, yeah. I loved it. I, I absolutely adored it. Um, again, yeah, it's more the same, I guess. Maybe it's lower on my list again because I'd only just played Spider-Man um, one recently to go through it again. Mm. Um, but yeah, I loved. I loved the. the I loved the. Um, what's his face? Um, Venom. I thought he was cool. I loved yeah. Craven. Thought it was a really good version of the character. Um, again, you know, I, I didn't do a massive amount of the fetch quests and stuff in it because mm. I just literally just done a whole bunch of them. But I did a fair few. Uh, but yeah, like I, it, it's the. Uh, but as it gets towards the end, you don't really have a choice but to. I think you mentioned the previous episode, but to keep hammering away. You know that the pacing is great. Right? Yeah, yeah. 
for the most part. But when it gets towards the end, you know, I like to kind of pull back sometimes and go, oh, no, I don't want to finish it. I want to hang on and enjoy this yeah. as much as I can, savor it. But it it does feel a bit awkward because, the you know, the, the way the city looks and everything, you're like, I, I can't really be going off searching for side missions or collectibles and stuff. Yeah. Like, I really need to be, to, to stick with what the essence of the story is, I need to keep moving mm. forward. Um, so that was a little bit, that was a little bit annoying. Um, but overall, it towards active. the end so quickly. Like, yeah. 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 But really well acted. I, I, I'm not sure the name of the, the actor that plays, uh, Martin Lou, uh, Martin Lynn, the Miss, Mr. Negative. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, but thought he was brilliant. Uh, Yuri Lowenthal. Great again. Uh, yeah, that, that was, it was really, really good. That was my, uh, my number four. What was your number four? My number four was Starfield. Oh wow, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which um, which I I I love and uh, have a lot of issues with as well. But yeah, it's it's almost like a game of two halves. The um, when I first I've been waiting for this game for fucking ages, and yeah, I've talked about it a lot this podcast. Well, in the early few episodes, I think I've yeah put over a hundred hours into it, but. Bethesda back on form, um, quite polarizing when it came out. Um, a lot of people, uh, a lot of reviews jumping on the kind of uh, mediocre-ish seven scores. But um, for me, it was the first half of the game was um, a nine, 9.5, especially the first 20 hours. I was mesmerized by it. Um, just the scope of it, um, the story, the side missions. I mean being able to just jump into your ship and go anywhere you want was quite fantastic. Um, I love the, the NASA punk aesthetic. Just, uh, just, I, I just get that. I just fucking dig that shit. It looks, looks fantastic. Um, yeah, just the wonder of venturing into the unknown and in the early parts of the game, some of the side missions are just like electric. There's, there's one where you have to infiltrate, um, the Crimson Fleet, like a, a bunch of marauders or um, space pirates. So you go undercover to infiltrate them. And that's a good five, six, seven hours. Um, that would be um, a solid game for any other developer. You know what I mean? It was just really, 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 really good. Um, game, yeah, tended to tail off a little bit towards the second half of it. There's a couple of bits, a couple of Bethesda-esque kind of jarring moments where some kind of, uh, some things that happened, some things that happened to your character, some events you can't talk about them to other characters. You know, there's not an option in the dialogue, which is, uh, yeah, a little bit annoying. But um, yeah, great game. The combat was uh, really strong, which was quite surprising. I was a bit worried about that. But um, yeah, the scope of it... Um, just it's like a space opera and I, I lo- yeah I fucking loved it absolutely loved it Bernie. what was your number three right, number three was cocoon which i've talked about mm. also the uh yeah the indie um that won best was the best new indie game the game awards yeah, it's fantastic it's the uh world hopping puzzle adventure um where you traverse through different worlds via orbs that you find um, around uh, certain maps and, and still the visuals 
of this. It's very hard to explain that you're just holding an orb and then you just hit A and then you are absorbed into the orb, which becomes your new world. And then, yeah, as you go through different puzzles, um, you find more orbs and then you, it's worlds within worlds. It's it's like a Zen-like experience, like such a visual treat. Um, a gorgeous mix of environments, um, great puzzle design. It's it's it kind of seems so effortless and so simplistic at times, but you're just constantly marveling at the design that somebody has fucking come up with something this cool. Um, the implementation or implementation of all these um, elements into a cohesive and relatively short experience, but it borderlines on spellbinding. Like, yeah, just the art design and the atmosphere it creates. It's astonishing. You're just walking around, just a little dude, little bug, just walking around. It's yeah, definitely, definitely worth the play. Could easily be Excellent. number one. Easily be number yeah. one. I, I, I didn't. I, that's not. I, I haven't even played it yet. You know, I, I, I've, I'm, I've really kind of shocked myself with how little indie kind of games I've played. Usually, I'm, you know, I'm happy mm. to fucking pick them up, especially, you know, Game Pass is great for that kind of thing. Um, oh yeah, but brilliant. I haven't touched any at all this year. Um. My number three was Dead Space, um, which I'm counting as a new game because it was a remake. Um, If it's good enough for the Game Awards, (laughs) remakes are going on my list. It's good enough for us. Um, So yeah, no, Dead Space to me was absolutely excellent. I, you know, I I had played the original obviously a couple of times, but, you know, way back in the day. So to replay it like this, it's just so much work has gone into every hmm. little bit. The, the, at the side missions and stuff they've added in, they're not, you know, they're not dragging you halfway around the world. They're not anything groundbreaking, but they're still interesting. They add to the story, but it's just, it's it's absolutely, it's absolutely gorgeous. It still hmm. manages to create that feeling of, of dread and stuff as you're walking through corridors and the usual, you know, you're walking through and all of a sudden, a noise because if you hear something bursting out of you, you think something's going to come through the ceiling and really, really it's just a yeah, fucking yeah. electrical fan that comes out or whatever it is. They work so well with sound and light to create dread when there's nothing there. And of course, when they are there, mm. they're so well animated. I love the aliens, the necromorphs. Um, I keep calling them aliens and really they're just deformed humans. But um, yeah. yeah, excellent. Really good. I mean, I don't think the, the character models didn't blow me away. I didn't think they did a massive amount on that of work on that. Mm. Um, when you consider, you know, you, when you spoke with Alan Wake earlier on, how well that looks, you know, I don't think they did mm. as much with that, but you don't really need it. You know, for the most part, it's you, it's you against monsters. It's a lot so. about the environments, I think, yeah. with that game and the mood that they've they've really yeah. fucking added to, like um, sound design yeah, and stuff no, like that. But yeah, that was, that was, um, that was my number three. Um... Mine, I might as well just jump into my number two because it is yeah. another remake. Um, and it's another visit to Nintendo, surprisingly enough, for Metroid Prime. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely amazing. I, I, I didn't know that this was going to be released. I, I assumed over the last few years um, that what we, I think whatever it was, 2017, when we got our glimpse of fucking... Metroid Prime 4, when all we got was a logo, I assume yeah, that yeah. was going to be the next one. Um, I wasn't. I didn't know this remake was coming out, and when it was announced, when I found out about it, it was out just so shortly afterwards. Um, mm. I absolutely loved it. It's, it's it's so lovingly done. It's the music is incredible. 
the I suppose the the, the the only thing that isn't great, I suppose, is the the variation of bad guys isn't massively different. I mean, you've got flying yeah. guys, or you know, guys. They're all they're all basically different versions of the same guy with different powers. You know, but um, well, yeah, I love the music, love the levels. It's it's the puzzles are really cool. There's it it really reminded me of brought me back to kind of playing those playing to why I love Metroid games. So it's it's got that Metroidvania, despite the fact that it's not a Metroidvania. You still got that. Okay, I can't quite unlock that door until I upgrade this blaster to get through. And you know it really lends itself to making sure you track back to those levels because now there's a door I couldn't open before, so I'm going to track back. You know, and it really just that's what those games yeah. are all about. Um. Well, I absolutely loved it. I was, I'm, I'm very happy to have two Nintendo games on my top five, considering the fucking console is, yeah, know, that's pretty cool. Seven actually. years old. Um, yeah. No, I, I, I loved Metroid Prime because I think like Metroid Dread before it, I absolutely loved that as well. Um, mm. But maybe it wasn't as strong as I thought it was going to be based on the trailer, but still very good. But uh, yeah, yeah, Metroid Prime is great. I love Samus. She's Samus. She's one of my favorite. Um, favorite video game characters so yeah mm. to get to play as her again and be in that world again it's yeah it's excellent yeah i really must check that out really must check that out what was your number two my number two was a game we briefly chatted about last week and that's hi-fi rush a game you'd never even fucking heard of yeah <laughs> I just think it was pretty and, cool. Yeah, um, I haven't looked it up since. I haven't even I haven't looked it up. Yeah. That, that the game oh, awards game and your discussion yeah. last week is all I've heard of the game. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, it was um it was shadow dropped. Um I thought it was last summer, but it was actually I think it was last January after the Xbox uh showcase that they had just after Christmas. And I after Xbox's year, um uh, of their flagship games falling flat, you know, when you think of Redfall and stuff like that, they obviously weren't expecting the cult status, I guess, and the ad- adoration this game was going to gain. Otherwise, it surely would have made um, more of a splasher. They mo- they would have made it more of a they would have banged on about it um, a bit more because, yeah, just shadow dropped it. Just remember they they at the showcase they just showed brief trailer and um they were kind of skimming past it pretty quickly but it just they showed a bit of gameplay and it's like oh this is pretty good it's out now it's like oh i might give it a go and it's fucking fantastic it's just fantastic um you play as a guy i think he's infused with a guitar in a an accident um it's in a kind of futuristic city Uh, but you occupy a world where everything moves to the beat and the, the soundtrack's fantastic like the scenery kind of moves along to the beat. Like if there's window shutters, you know, they're opening and closing depending on the beat. Enemies attack on the beat of songs. So you can, you can attack, you can attack in time with the beat also, but you can preempt their attacks based on the song you're, that's playing in the background. Um, Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. You can summon, um, you can summon some of your um, mates that you, collect along the way as part of your party um, the combat's an absolute blast the uh, the bosses are fantastic the story's really well written and it's quite engaging towards the latter half and the cast of characters are sublime controls are just effortless and smooth um, 
and I guess the key to everything is that you can, that in addition to the environment, um, moving along to the beat, you know, you have a pet cat that comes along with you and even your footsteps as you're walking around, um, sync to the beat. So, and all your attacks when you're, when you're in these boss battles and, and when you're attacking anybody, all your attacks will always land on the beat. But if you time them with the beat, you get bonuses and, and more attack power and all this kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, I remember playing it and just the first, first hour I was thinking like, this is pretty fucking cool. And yeah, 10, 12, I think I played through it twice now, but 10, 12 hours later, just going, this just gets better and better and better. And it's possibly the most fun I've had playing a game in fucking ages. It's like a, a more fun version of like Devil May Cry kind of combat where it's just so rewarding. You're just going, this is fucking fantastic. And it makes you feel like a badass. And the songs are really cool as well. And the cell shaded graphics are gorgeous. I'll have to, yeah. yeah I'll, I'll it's have so to, yeah. good. I'll have to play it. I think it's it, the developers made The Evil Within or something like that. I don't think I've even played it. Oh, so wow. It was a complete, yeah, I yeah. It was a complete um, shift in gears and, and tone from what you know what they'd done before. And uh, I love when that happens when they obviously said, oh, we'll try this. And they fucking nailed it. And uh, Xbox should have uh, pushed it a lot more, a lot more. Well, I, I guess then I, I can guess what your your number one is. <laughs> Tears of the Kingdom, Obviously, Tears of the Kingdom, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, that's um, yeah, we chatted about that. That's that's just yeah. It took one of the best games and made it better, and that blew me away. Um, more so than than everything else in the list and more so yeah by a country mile like i just couldn't believe um that nintendo had achieved what they achieved so that's my number one what, what's your number one i think i can guess a recent game yeah it is a reason well it's recently recent for me yeah uh, alan wake too um Brilliant. i am obsessed with this game i as i said oh, it was daddy. one of those ones for weeks where i kept saying i must play it it's there yeah. i must play it it's there and i finally played it and absolutely devoured it and it's just fucking amazing um yeah the atmosphere in it is just incredible like to keep you to keep you on edge mm. you know to keep you on edge is can can be a difficult thing to do in games i think you know there's a lot of stuff that can take you out of it and i think this does it really well mm. um i love the characters i love the the switch between um computer generated characters obviously and actual real footage of actors you know that they've i like that they kind of dice between the two of them you don't get to see as much of of saga um as the actual real actress until maybe t- closer towards the end um mm. but seeing alan wake you know as the actor you're playing and then jumping into seeing him as just on a tv show or whatever he happens to be on it's just it's mm. just, it's so well done it's it's the it's i think like you said when you're you've got that transferring tran- the, the dumping in between the kind of realm, whether it's the, mm. you know, whether you, where is it at, at SAG or, or as Alan Wake, I think is done so well. That's really cleverly done how to open up certain levels. You know, you're going, okay, you know, I need to move the light from this place to this place to open up mm. new doorways to open up different scenes and the way he's kind of narrating it. And at first mm. I thought, oh shit, when he first started doing his narrating, I was like, oh God, is this one of these things where he's, telling me what I needed to do, you know, yeah. 
because he's basically saying, I, he's basically talking as if it's him reading the book. You know, I knew when I got to mm. this point, I had to do da, 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 da. I was like, oh, don't be fucking telling me what I need to do next, you know, but it's, yeah. it's not too heavy in that. It's only likely heavy in that it's supposed to just draw you into the idea that mm. he's writing the story as we're, we're playing out the story that he's already written. Um, but it's, it's, it's just, it's so wonderfully weird. The, the, the side characters are fucking amazing. The two brothers, um, what's his name? God, I've forgotten their names. Anyway, not important. Um, our great Rose from the can Rose from the diner is great. Um, Atty, mm. the, the janitor from, from control is in it, you know, cause obviously it's a joint world. Um, but mm. some of the like some of the character models, like when I think Atty in particular, because he's such got such a distinctive face, when they're talking, it's just so well done. It's 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 something else. Yeah. It's so realistic. Um, but yeah, it, it's scary in moments. It's it's it even on like I'm just playing and I just played it on played it through on normal. Even on normal, it's it, you know it's challenging enough in some moments when yeah. you start off and you're taking down the first lot of those taken and you're like oh shit like I gotta. You know, I got to really, you know, you use your torch first and I bring, once you hit mm. them with the torch, you get a weak point and you have to hit, hit the weak point and that'll obviously mm. hit them with more damage. Um, the fact that you're smirking at me means you definitely aren't playing it on normal. Um, the, the <laughs> <laughs> that first fight, that first fight of the morgue, I fucking, I took him down pretty easy and I'm pretty sure it's, it's meant to be easy. Then the first time I, I, I was, uh, battling the taken guys in the swamp or the swamp or the lake or whatever. Um, yeah, I got my ass handed to me two or three times and bumped that motherfucker down to story mode, man. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think, I think as well, like we game because of that, like, I think there's so much more damage. If you hit the, if you hit the, if you hit them with the torch and you get a, uh, yeah. get that red kind of glowing, right? If you hit that, it's so, it adds so much more damage. So if you are mm. good at aiming, you're laughing, but I was, I'd be, despite my decades and decades of gaming, my aim is still fucking terrible. Like I'm like mm. that, that guy who comes out of the kitchen to shoot at Jules and Vincent in, yeah, yeah, in Pulp Fiction, Fiction yeah. just, and just hits the wall behind them. That's, that's kind of like me a little bit. So I think maybe that's, but I, it's, you know, I think there's a, there's, it's a decent challenge, even a normal, which is great. Mm. It's, it's, um, I just love the atmosphere. I love the writing. I love that they've, they've made it into this kind of survival horror. Um, and I, I, I'm dying to go and play. I haven't played the since the Game Awards they announced as an extra mm. bit after it. You know, a new game and new game plus and some an alternative ending. And um, so, mm. I'm definitely going to play that. And I look forward to not having to wait. You know, 13 years or whatever it is. I mean, since the last one came <laughs> another out, another one. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's great that it's a massive success. Before. Like it really is. Yeah. Um, cool. That was good. That was good. I think that the that was cool to have the the difference again in the video games and TV shows compared to mm-hmm. movies. Um, so look, yeah, we've still got time. Um, I think you know, we we knew this was going to be an extra long episode, being it's our, our sure. wrap up for the year. Um, so yeah, I think maybe time to to jump in and have a chat about some some disappointments from this year. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe we can talk about maybe movie wise first. You know, I think, I think, I think in general, Marvel have been a massive disappointment. I, mm. the, what they've done this fucking phase for continues to just be fucking Jesus, just stick to, to quality over quantity, just hammering yeah. out these games and TV shows. And yeah, Loki was great. You know, it really was. And I enjoyed Guardians, Guardians, but Quantumania was, it was, it was terrible. Secret Invasion was terrible. I still haven't Marvel seen Quantumania. That, that's, that's my main 
like when I think about the movies and uh, the movie disappointments, but I had listed Ant-Man, Quantumania as the biggest disappointment because I didn't even bother watching it. That's how like the feedback I got from you and reviews. And it's just, it's the first Marvel movie I've, I've actually just went, oh, just couldn't be, couldn't be arsed. And, and that would never fucking happen. Yeah, that, that was going to ask you, would you have even considered missing a movie in the, in the Infinity Saga? You know, in phases No, one, because two, as we talked about before, you know, this that was over 10 years and 20 plus movies that all were their own movie, but they they all were, they were, they were all gaining momentum towards a conclusion. So if you missed one, you might miss, you know, a little bit, a little, a little payoff later on in another movie. And they were of great to fantastic quality, quality. But with, um, yeah, with Marvel this year, especially Ant-Man, but just across the board, it's, it's just been meh, you know, like Guardians was, was good. Yeah. You know, that, it was probably great. Like, uh, yeah, I love that and, and what they did with Rocket, but it's still, um, Guardians shines because the rest have been so mediocre and, and poor at best a lot of the time. Just it's meandering out of control and uh, rudderless is what comes to mind. Just it, don't don't think they seem to know what the fuck they're doing and putting so much emphasis on TV shows and being able to fill the gaps with TV shows. And we talked about this as well. I'm not really into watching um, Marvel TV shows and, and I don't think I should have to to uh, to know where the where they're steering the ship. So that's yeah. yeah. It's and, and I think, such a massive disappointment. And I think even when, you know, and that's the thing, even when the Marvel ones in the Infinity Saga weren't great, they were still, you could still go, oh, well, I enjoyed that. You know, it was still, it was an enjoyable yeah. kind of watch. Um, whereas I think I could say that about the DC movies this year. Like I watched Blue Beetle and The Flash this year and I, I enjoyed both of them. Now, don't get me wrong. They both yeah. got massive problems. The whole first 20 minutes, The Flash, I didn't enjoy. I didn't enjoy the majority of the, the effects in the flash but you know if you can yeah separate they were intentionally the bad right that's yeah. what he said yeah the director well, said they were yeah. intentionally shoddy like, well okay, sh- yeah. yeah shut the fuck up mate yeah like, shut up mate. Get, <laughs> yeah get a grip like uh, but the and shazam like, shazam I, I, too is just you add that to it i actually forgot well. that just, came out this year that was fuck, that was abysmal yeah. but that wasn't that wasn't it's enjoyable so but i i yeah. thought that um you know ezra, ezra miller i know he's got his seems to be an absolute disaster um to put it lightly off screen i loved his performance in the flash i thought he was great i claimed both both berries um i enjoyed supergirl i love i watch michael keaton anything so although not a great Mm. movie it was still for me better than anything that marvel okay bar guardians guardians is okay but it was better Mm. than most things that have come out from marvel over the last couple of years which is such a bummer like we're talking they could do no wrong for so long mm. to get to this point where now I really couldn't give a shit about uh I couldn't give a shit about uh about phase four. Sorry, I just paused there, Daz, because someone's letting off fucking fireworks. It's the sixteenth of <laughs> December. What the fuck's going on? <laughs> anyway. Um but yeah I just that for me, I think yeah movie wise, I think I Marvel's where it hits for me. You know, most times mm. I, I, if I'm watching a bad movie, I know it's going to be bad. You know, I watch bad horror movies. I do yeah. it on purpose. Um, so I, I, it would be a bit 
it would be a bit iffy of me to call one of the, a movie like that a disappointment when I knew it was going to be bad going in. Yeah, yeah. Um, for whereas sure. I've come to expect a lot from Marvel because of what they've cranked out in the last decade. Mm. So yeah, it's it's disappointing for me to see where it's gone. What about you, movie wise disappointments? Movie wise, yeah, just like it was. Uh, not that I expected too much from you know um, Shazam two, for example, but you know superhero and comic book movies as a whole um yeah it just didn't get our fix you know what i mean we didn't get even you know coming out going uh, a three out of five you, you know superhero movie or comic book movie it'll still give us our fix where you know oh, that's pretty good but they were just kind of shit um which is so disappointing but um movie wise again like <laughs> i wrote down fast x fast 10 um and not because I expect a lot from these movies at all. But these movies, you know, they they are the momentum of those movies was glor like was glorious from episode or from the fifth one to the eighth, maybe a bit of the ninth, where we would go and we'd know exactly what we're getting, that this is gonna be fucking just a popcorn movie fluff, you know. Um but this one was just I thought it was an absolute fucking shit show. You know, Jason Momoa seemed to be the only person that knew what type of movie it is. This is just two-star, three-star schlock that you go and see, and it's just like, here's another crazy action sequence, a movie we love going and seeing, and loads of people love going and seeing because you don't take them too seriously. You know exactly what you're getting. Um, there's no lofty ambitions of um, any other type of movie than the kind of shitty... <laughs> 80 throwback action movies that they are with superior stunts but and we we would love watching them because you can be entertained but you can also have a chat you're not going to miss anything you know you can go to the toilet five times if you want you're not going to miss a fucking thing but um vin, vin diesel i think just hasn't a fucking clue he's disappeared up his own ass he's living in, in a delusion that this is high caliber action royalty when it's nothing of the sort um it's popcorn brainless escapism and yeah yeah, yeah I, I, just, I i would agree I yeah just, I, I think and i, I, I would put the last the end mark, that as well yeah. i would put i put fast nine i didn't i i think they well, kind of went to space yeah of, yeah that was shite, yeah, yeah i think i i think a lot of the fun the fun has been taken out of them in the last few movies whereas beforehand mm. there was they were so much fun like i mean you would go enjoy them we know they're ridiculous it's basically if fast food was a movie, you know what I mean? We know that yeah. it's going to be junk and you, but you know what you're, you know what you're getting, you know, you know, it's going to be enjoyable mm. junk. Um, and that's, that, that's what I kind of want from these movies. But like you said, I think mm. Vin Diesel thinks that they're, you know, it's, it's all about the superior acting and it's something else mm. thinks it's something that it isn't. Um, I think the other people around him know that it's not, I mean, I, there's no way that the likes of Brie Larson, Shanice Theron or any of these people who are in this movie are going, you know, this is the pinnacle of my career. Both those actresses yeah. have won Oscars. You know, and this isn't, they know yeah. that this is this is a bit of crack is what this is supposed to be. And I think him taking it serious, but because he takes it so serious and he is the main star of these movies means that we're kind of, we're not getting treated to what should be fun. You know, it should, mm. that's why I'm glad they're going to bring The Rock back into it. Because again, like The Rock knows that it's a bit of crack. A fucking crack. Um, like, yeah. So, yeah, so I'm glad to bring him back into it. I think that if Vin Diesel embraced the fact that these are just banter, you know, that it, I think maybe mm. they maybe bring the enjoyment back into it. 
they'll always make a, a shit ton of money because of what they do and the mm. effects and they go over and over the top with shit you know what the fuck are they going to do next but um yeah. you know when you've got the the comic relief from from tyrese ludicrous and now mm. ramsey um but it's just yeah it wasn't it, it was a bit of a letdown i was kind of hoping they'd after mm. nine was a letdown i kind of hoped that maybe they'd knock it they'd bring it back up in 10 um you know John Cena is fucking great. I, I, I really, I love him. I love his comic timing. Um, I thought that they'd kind of bring it, bring it back home, but uh, unfortunately not. So fingers crossed when they wrap it up with, isn't there another two movies to go? I think another fucking I, 10, just as long as they make money. I think they, I think, I think they might, I think there's another couple of, they're planning on doing 12 or something. So fingers crossed. We'll get mm. Was there any more movie or even TV? This one mm-hmm. for you. Uh no, not really. It's mainly kind of. Did you have any other movie, movie disappointments? No, no. I think I think as I said, I've kind of I've I kind of knew what I was going into at most of the movies and TV shows that I was watching. Mm. Um, so not really disappointments there. My disappointment, really, the biggest disappointment this year came in the form of a game. Um, so and I'd mentioned this one to you in the past. I had been waiting for so long for atomic heart to come atomic out heart, because yeah. yeah and you know i know some games you're waiting for them to come out and they turn out to be shit like the you know the day before mm. or whatever these kind of games and they end up coming out being a buggy broken mess that's not why this was disappointing you know i, I saw this munfish had, had announced this fucking years ago and it just basically looked like a russian bioshock essentially you know it just looked fucking yeah awesome it's like i cannot wait to get my hands in this game and it kept being pushed back and we weren't getting any release dates finally got my hands on it and it's such a letdown like yeah sure it's polished and all the rest of it but what's so annoying is that i think i mentioned this to you before the main character is so annoying that he made me cry out for mute characters who don't say anything I was like just give me one of those <laughs> i don't want to listen to this prick he's like he's whiny sarcastic he's got this kind of um glove on that you can upgrade and kind of use as your powers mm. and stuff and but it's kind of sentient and so he's talking and they they have this like bickering kind of relationship going on and it's just oh God. it's Miss the mark. it's so annoying yeah he's just he's so fucking annoying I, I couldn't stand him and he's the guy that i'm controlling i'm supposed to be that's such a damning to statement win. to say about a protagonist in a fucking action game like that's how yeah, do you miss that yeah how do they get that fucking just, wrong yeah i really didn't enjoy him and i and i Another thing I'd mentioned to you about this one was that you have these kind of vending machine thing that you go to upgrade your gear and the vending mm. machine was so incredibly sexualized. It was just, there was no oh, yeah. need for it. Like it was like, it was just, I'm not mm. even going to go into it because, but it was just, there was no need for it. It was like this, yeah. what a weird fucking choice to put in. But I just, it's a pity because some of the gunplay is fun. You've kind of have this kind mm. of telekinesis stuff when you go to search drawers and stuff they kind of fly open and it's just it's it's a lot of it there's some cool parts to it there um like the aesthetic is really cool but i just i didn't i hated the main character i didn't care for any of the characters i interacted with Mm. um and it completely threw me off i ended up not finishing the game which is unlike me to kind of i would normally just persevere through it especially after being looking forward to it for so long but um no it was just it was such a big disappointment because i waited so long for this game um and yeah it ended up just your man just ended up being an absolute bellend so <laughs> um what about you that's crazy um game wise actually um what i have listed here is uh, a game that is on my top five 
games of the year, and that's Starfield. Um, the more I've thought about it, yeah, it is right. Um, was the latter half of the game, you know, uh, after finishing it and stepping away from it a little bit, it, like I, I can't actually pinpoint the the moment when uh, the kind of shift happened, but um, there's the side missions don't really hold up the later on you get in the game. And as we said, the, the story kind of takes kind of a wild turn that it feels strange to just go off and explore all these strange new worlds and really get into that exploration because, you know, the, the main narrative is, is really pushing you ahead with, you know, end of the world type fucking shit, you know, but there's, um, there's a moment when, you know, in the game, you're, you're searching for these artifacts and there's a moment when there's an anomaly that you discover and you go and you, you essentially find a temple and you end up trying to go and find like 20, 20 of these things. But inside this temple, there is like these spinning kind of rings. It's like something from Contact, the movie with um, Jodie Foster, you know, the rings are spinning around and you get in. And I say temple, it's just a fucking room inside a ruin. But you start floating around and you have to hit this point of light. You have to essentially traverse into this light and then hit another light. And it's this little fucking weird mini game that is all you're thinking is like, what the fuck are they doing? What like what's happening here? And eventually you just hit this light fucking 20 times. It took me about seven minutes to do it the first time. And then you get a superpower or something where telekinesis that is so underpowered that I fucking didn't use it for the rest of the game. You can collect many of these powers. But the thing that I was I was talking about earlier on about uh, the, the lack of um, the kind of narrative breakdown where when you exit this temple, this fucking uh, futuristic kind of human guy, the, the, the people that are in control of these artifacts, just appears out of nowhere kind of spawns in and starts shooting you and you kill him and you have a part, your, your companion with you. You kill him and you're like, what the fuck was that? Holy shit. And then you go and talk to her and you can't reference what just happened to her at all. When you, when you just select to talk to her, you're expecting a drop down or something. But when you click, you know, chat, she goes, oh yeah, thanks. I wanted to talk to you about something from my past or something. She goes on about some side mission. You're just like, hold <laughs> on. Uh, what the fuck just happened here? And that happens more and more where the kind of broken game happens, like like another time on a planet, you know, one of the, these guys' spaceships lands, crazy futuristic thing, killed a load of guys, couldn't, um, I wasn't allowed to use the ship because I wasn't, I didn't have the piloting skill or something. But I couldn't tell anyone about this fucking crazy ship I found from these futuristic time-traveling fucking dudes. You go back, you know, you just, it just kind of broke mm. a little bit at that point and it became a little bit more laborious going around like the the fast travel that's been a massive bone of contention with people where you can fast travel from the menu to anywhere like you don't need to explore at all you can just be in a shop somewhere and fast travel to another planet but i was full immersion and decided to you know not do that i would walk everywhere walk to my ship and then more and more I found myself just, oh, if I need to go back there and just kind of fast travel, then, you know, and it just started to fall apart a little bit. That the whole How polarizing though, right? World, I mean, for that, yeah. Yeah, for that to make your to make your top five, I mean, this must be so much good there. Um, but for also to make yeah. disappointments is uh, is very interesting. Yeah. 
and then there's that and then yeah the other thing was psvr2 was um pretty big disappointment for me um when i got oh, it wow. the first two weeks i didn't take the headset off for the first two weeks my wife is essentially just watching tv beside some fucking nut in a vr headset um yeah for weeks and i loved it you know shiny new toy great piece of kit um um yeah the hardware is fantastic but i ended up just playing games i'd played three or four years before with just a shiny new update um like gran turismo 7 is fantastic and it is the only way to play racing games that's and um, without a doubt phenomenal but um it just after trying the meta quest 3 although it's not as much of a graphical powerhouse as a psvr 2 a lot of the games that you have fun playing in vr they don't they don't really they're not games that have um graphical power prowess as their main attraction you know it's it's beat saber or it's pistol whip or it's uh super hot it's just these kind of fun games so like um horizon forbidden west call of the mountain was a great showcase for the hardware but it's kind of 70 percent a climbing sim which is pretty fucking tiring um and it does come back down to the it not being wireless and i know to have that graphical prowess that we talk about it has to be attached to the uh to the ps5 which is which is great but there are moments when you're just so used to the quest when you're stepping back and you just feel the cable or you almost step on the cable and it just break it just takes you out of the fucking moment 100 percent. but um yeah and i actually sold mine a few weeks ago because wow. uh yeah meta quest 3 is just that's the way i think vr is going it's just wireless and just playing fucking table tennis or you know <laughs> whatever yeah well i think i think we said that previously on another episode is that you know your 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 brain is going to make the most basic stuff real you know what i mean it's it, it mm. doesn't need it doesn't need the graphics to be life you know it, ju- it just no. needs to be incredibly basic and that'll be enough like those those walk the plank games or those things where you're flying mm. through space and stuff like that you know there, there's so minimal like i i i got a, a roller coaster one and brought it mm. over to the family's house like not even was it last christmas and brought it over to my cousin's house and everybody everybody was having a go and it's so so basic but yet everybody who would normally get fucking you know motion sickness is all getting it straight away is all going mm. fucking you know like this yeah, moving yeah, yeah. around on, the, on their chair and it's so so basic so you don't need to enjoy vr you don't need the super and it's great to have it but i don't think you need it yeah um it's not about graphical yeah, that's, that's fidelity it. it's about the immersion yeah 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 all right man that's 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 interesting um i'm looking forward to uh I, that's that's been i'm looking forward to what next year is going to bring but it's been nice to do this kind of wrap up today and um, mm. to see the difference between what were your favorites and, and mine and i guess was giving yeah. each other some ideas on what to play and watch absolutely over the christmas break um speaking of the christmas break for for our lovely listeners we are going to take a break on our next from this episode because you know next week's christmas day and the following monday is um following monday is new year's day and you've got you should be spending this time with your your loved ones or drinking and eating yourself into a coma. You don't need to be uh, <laughs> going to be listening to our to us idiots yapping on. So we'll come back with our with season two of Middle Age Geeks on eighth of January. <laughs> um, I was yeah. So what I was thinking, Daz, was we had planned 
before the reviews, early reviews have come out, we had planned that we were going mm. to do Rebel Moon. Um, oh, yes. So, yes. so we're going to review Rebel Moon as part of our <laughs> episode when we come back on, our, on the 8th. That gives you all plenty of time to watch it. It comes out on the 22nd, I think, which is, mm-hmm. yeah, isn't it 22nd of December? Zack Schneider's out? magnum opus. Yeah, so I think <laughs> I, I think he said back in... I think he said back a good few years ago that this would be his his Star Wars. Um, wow! So yeah. this so lofty ambitions. What's it sitting um, on? What's it sitting on on Rotten Tomatoes? I th- I believe it's sitting on on single digits. So for those of you who enjoy <laughs> us tearing apart a movie, um, or hearing the pain in my voice as I've had to sit through a minute, whatever amount of hours this fucking thing is, um. But look, yeah. it's it's sci-fi. I find Zack Snyder very polarizing because I love some mm-hmm. of his stuff and I dislike very much dislike some of his stuff. So you never know. This could be one that we enjoy and we dip. You know, we're in the we're in that seven percent. You never know. Um, <laughs> seven? No. Oh wow. Yeah. Or, I don't know. I'm just guessing. It's probably, it's something low. I think. But um, yeah. So look, I guess to, before we sign off, it's just to say, listen, thank you to everyone who's listened. You know, it's been an absolute blast for me and Daz to do this, to get to yap about video games and movies every week, to get mm. your, to get your feedback has been brilliant to just be, yeah, just, just to, 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 to do this. We kind of just only decided a very short time before we started putting the podcast out where we decided to yeah. actually do it. It's not something that we've planned for ages either. Um, we both just spend so much of our time shiting on about this stuff anyway, but like, wouldn't it be great yeah. if we just got other people to get involved too? Um, but it's been such a wonderful journey so far and we're looking forward to, uh, to getting stuck into 2024 and maybe even when we both got our little studios and stuff set up, we might, we might start putting some little clips and video clips up so you can oh, yeah. see, you can see the anguish in our face when we talk about these movies <laughs> as well as hearing it the in horror, our voices. The horror. What about you, Daz? Have you anything to add on that front? Yeah, no, just echo everything you said there. It's just been uh it's been fucking great. It's so nice to um to chat about this in uh in long form, you know, because we would always just chat when we go see movies or for texting and and to be able to um sit down and really get through some some of the best and some of the utter fucking shite. It's it's equally as, as much fun, you know, just having the crack with your best mate, talking about shit you love. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just, yeah, it's been really, really nice. And thanks to everyone for all the feedback and emails and just for listening. It's, um, we always said if we had one person listening, we'd fucking keep doing this. So it's, uh, yeah, it's been fantastic. So I can't wait for uh, 2024. It's going to be a wild ride. Yeah, I think so too. There's plenty of games coming up, plenty of great movies. Mm-hmm. Um, it should be a good year. So look, from uh, from both of us here at Middle Age Geeks, we hope you have a fantastic Christmas. Enjoy the break. Have a great new year. Take that well-deserved break off work. Spend time with your family. Play plenty of games. Watch plenty of... Consume content, basically. Consume, consume as much content and food and, content. and drink as you can. And uh, we will see you in the new year um, for more madness. All right. Take it easy. Bye-bye. See you later. <laughs>